Hello, this is FTW with Ahmad Khan, part of the Dot Esports Podcast Network. I'm Ahmad Khan of Tom's Guide, and joining me today is Jacob Wolf of Dot Esports and Shannon Lau of The Washington Post. Fortnite, which started off as a team-based battle royale shooter, is now entangled in one of the largest antitrust cases in U.S. legal history. Today, May 3rd, will be the start of the Epic Games vs. Apple trial. This comes after Epic Games was booted off the Apple App Store last year for circumventing its 30% fee on all in-app purchases. While Fortnite is a free-to-play game, in-game costume purchases would be subject to what detractors call the Apple tax. Jacob, Shannon, thank you both very much for coming on the show. Before we get into some of the legal miasma, let's take a step back. When Apple launched the iPhone, the App Store didn't even exist. Before App Stores, consumers would often go online and download programs onto their computers. And, of course, that's still done today. What differentiated the App Store from what consumers had been doing previously? So um, the App Store um, is like a curated selection of apps that, you know, every app developer trying to get their app to a consumer on the iPhone must apply and have Apple approve their app. Um, whereas, you know, Android, for instance, you are able to download apps outside of the Google Play Store. You can download them from browsers. Um, and Epic Games actually last year tried to... Um, encourage consumers to buy or pay for um, Fortnite in-game currency through a browser instead of going through the Apple App Store. Mm. And, you know, what is kind of Apple's argument here when it's saying that, no, you know, you everything must be bought through our App Store? I mean, the big argument you hear from Tim Cook in particular, their CEO, centers around privacy and security. From the very beginning, and I know this because I uh, have a computer science background and was developing iOS apps really early, and it's interesting how far it's come. You have to pay a certain licensing fee to even get the developer license to publish an iOS app. And through that, Apple has a very tenuous and uh, tedious process of getting your app onto the App Store. They really do vet you. Um, They make sure that you're not providing sort of any level of security risk. Uh, and sort of the whole nine yards through that process. And Apple itself as a company really does pride itself on security. That's their big thing. You know, everyone who has a Mac or has an iPhone or an iPad, you know, they don't give viruses, quote unquote, or if they do, they're they're usually uh, self-inflicted vulnerabilities, something in the Apple code that really opens them up. Um, but it's not like a PC. It's not necessarily the virus wild, wild west. And that's what many Mac and iOS users would tell you. And it's something that Apple kind of indirectly takes a lot of pride in as a company. And so that's that is why the uh, iOS or that would be the argument is why the App Store on iOS is so locked down is that it it makes sure that uh, there's a sort of security level that is vetted through each time. And I think the other one, too, is just uh, brand recognition and trust. You know, Kara Swisher had Tim Cook on her podcast a few months ago and. That's something he talked about really at length was the fact that people trust Apple. Um, And I I believe that to be true. You know, you look at the four companies that are right now kind of under the gun of of antitrust, uh, Google, Amazon, Facebook, and Apple. And I think Facebook is probably one of the most universally hated companies in all of uh, America. They're very There's a lot of disdain for them. Apple's not necessarily the same way. I think a lot of people actually really do like Apple. Um, and they do trust Apple with their data more than maybe they trust Facebook or maybe they trust Google. And I think Tim Cook's right, but I'm not necessarily sure how much the user actually cares. Hmm. 
Uh, Shannon, I mean, you along with uh, Reed and Mikhail over at the Washington Post published this uh, long and detailed fact that kind of goes into you know what this lawsuit is and why it's happening. Um, but that's you know one thing I'm curious about is that Apple owns you know this platform of iOS devices. What is Epic's kind of antitrust argument here? I mean, couldn't I mean Epic uh, or Epic Games are also on PC and Android. I mean, aren't there other places where people can? get their games. I mean, why are they going after Apple specifically here? Right. So this is actually, um, you know, a big argument from both sides. Um, so one thing is to know, just wanting to add on to what Jacob said, um, is that, you know, Apple is arguing for security here, but Epic Games is arguing that Apple's security is not actually the greatest. There are uh, incidents where there's apps that are scams or, you know, pirated or, you know, kind of loopholes um, in the security. So that's something that Epic is arguing. Epic is looking for um, proving to the judge that Apple is actually operating a monopoly. And the way that it would do that is by saying, by defining the market as just the App Store and saying that Apple within the App Store is forcing app developers to use the in-game in-app, sorry, in-app purchase, um, in-app purchases and going through Apple's 30% revenue cut and just using Apple's system. So all those are supposed to be tied together um, under Epic Games's argument. And on the other hand, Apple is saying that it's not a monopoly because the market is actually not just the Apple App Store, but also Nintendo Switch, uh, PlayStation, Xbox, pretty much any platform you can play Fortnite on. So it's in Apple's best interest to prove that the market is actually gaming and not just um, the iPhone. Well, a lot of its its argument to Shannon's point is is centering around the fact that this is a market standard, this 30% commission that the platforms and stores are taking. But you see that sort of breaking down slowly and surely since this case is filed. So I think even two days ago on Friday or Thursday, uh, Valve was met with its second lawsuit around Steam for the same problem because they also take a 30% commission uh, from publishers on Steam. And in some filings that happened in early April, Apple's, you know, arguing that uh, Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo are all the same than have been since 2005 when the Xbox uh, Live Marketplace launched and then also the PlayStation Store and the Wii Shop channel uh, in 2006 on the Sony and Nintendo front. But even the other developers are kind of, like to use British slang, uh, taking the piss at, at Apple II, um, because you see Microsoft coming out last week saying, you know, and that timing is is not anything uh, other than intentional. Microsoft saying that in August it's going to be slashing its uh, commissions down for PC games on the Microsoft Store down to twelve percent instead of thirty. Um, really undercutting Apple. It's it's uh, kind of miraculous. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that is, uh, I, I think that Apple's going to have a really hard time arguing that uh, there's not a change in market and also arguing against themselves because the Mac does allow you to download all these different types of programs, you know, kind of unfiltered. You can go in browser and download whatever. And, and yes, like when you try to open an app that's from somewhere else, you'll get a security prompt on your Mac. But at the same time, you can just click through a couple more buttons or click it open a different way and boom, you're in the app. Like it lets you open it. And so Apple really has to argue against its security protocols on its own other platform too, which it's going to be kind of difficult for them to, in my opinion, to prove that iOS is, is not distinct and, and, but they need to prove that it's not distinct. Um, 
because it, I think that Epic is arguing that it is and that it has some anti-competitive practices layered in there. Right. One thing that Apple is you know, continuously trying to argue is that one brand can't be a monopoly of its own products. Um, but there's actually a 1992 Kodak case where Kodak was proved out to be you know, a brand that is also operating its, its own monopoly on its own products. So there is precedent for something like what Epic Games is trying to argue for. But at the same time, Apple is like, they have the status quo if um, the judge rules in their favor, you know, things won't really change. So it's almost like they kind of assume that um, things will stay the same and that Epic doesn't really have a chance here. You know, one, one thing that I am curious about, and I don't know to what extent uh, either of you will be able to answer this question, given that it's kind of technical, but Microsoft's xCloud uh, service, you know, is in beta. And because, you know, Microsoft didn't want to give Apple a 30% cut of all digital game sales, it uh, opted to use a web app. And this is something that Tim Cook has touted in the past that, you know, actually we are open. All you all you can do is uh, create a web app and you're good to go. You can circumvent the app store uh, to, I mean, why can't developers just create web apps for all their programs? Well, one of them actually has done the, uh, created an ecosystem uh, quite well. And there's still someone that's pursuing Apple over the 30% app tax, uh, quote unquote. Um, and that's Spotify. Uh, Spotify makes a lot of revenues off people that sign up online or that sign up via their computer um, and then use the app on their mobile device rather than signing up through their mobile device. The difference being that if they sign up through their mobile device, Apple gets 30% of the revenue um, up to a certain amount or 15% the longer it goes, depending on the way that you buy it. Um, and then, but if you sign up via the, the web app or if you sign up via your computer and then log in via your iPhone or your iPad, Apple gets nothing. They get absolutely nothing. And Spotify is still going after Apple. I mean, they part of their complaints is uh, opened what is expected to be an antitrust lawsuit for Apple in, in the by the European Union, uh, because Spotify is based in Sweden and not the U.S. Um, and so I do think like there there's a way to circumvent. I mean, you can't necessarily the one thing you can't do per Apple's policy is you can't encourage people in your app if they were to download your free app and then have to buy something. Uh, on, you can't encourage them to exit the app to go to Safari or Chrome or Firefox or whatever their iOS browser of choice is to then sign up and pay that, that way. But if they buy it off-platform, uh, Apple essentially makes no money. Yeah, I just want to add on to that. Um, I remember last year I was talking to Facebook Gaming, for instance, and they've actually had a lot of um, back and forth with Apple as well, trying to get the Facebook Gaming app inside the app store but also offer games inside the app which is not something that apple allows um so right now they haven't been able to get through um instead the facebook gaming app doesn't have any games that you can play um on ios android's a different story and one of the questions i asked facebook was like why not just you know you can do facebook gaming on a web browser um instead and i think that there is uh value to app developers um to use the app store and get the app more conveniently to users uh, because users might just go to the app store first of all and look for an app to download and not think about going to facebook.com on the browser to look for something to play. So it's just more convenient, more accessibility um, to go through the app store. Hmm. You know, I think what an interesting thread in this entire conversation or in this entire suit is that Epic Games itself has a storefront called the Epic Game Store. And famously, you know, as uh, Jacob mentioned earlier, is that Epic's kind of fee is 12%. And uh, from what I've read, 
you know, Epic has argued that really the cost of, you know, maintaining servers and pushing the download out is about seven to eight percent, giving Epic about a four percent, you know, margin for profit there. So when coming into the suit, Epic has first-hand experience of what it actually costs to have programs on a storefront. Yeah, I don't I don't know if Epic is the Epic Game Store is obviously quite successful. It's innovative in a lot of ways. You know, I, I wrote on my piece and I think this is really important that um you know, Epic is not the little guy by any means. This is a $28 billion company. Uh no little guy would really even have legal means to take Apple uh to court like this. Uh, they'd be drowned in court fees and have to give up. Or they probably would not have filed the suit in the first place or provoked Apple in the way that Epic did uh last summer intentionally. I think that the Epic Game Store, while it's been quite innovative on its fee structure, and while it's also been quite innovative in like being able to give access to game developers, essentially Unreal Engine, more or less for free, if they publish on the Epic Game Store and not other platforms, which you can kind of argue uh, whether that's anti-competitive for it or not. Um, but nonetheless, uh, the Epic Game Store probably doesn't have the level of overhead that the app store or steam one of these like very large markets does so i would expect the cost to be a little bit more even though to tim sweeney's point uh, epic ceo tim sweeney's point the economy of scale on the app store or steam or all of these other marketplace marketplaces that take 30 percent, they do get things like server stays probably cheaper than epic does because they're buying more of it um, so that, you know, whatever your bandwidth, uh, calculations would be, would be lower still. I mean, there are probably a lot more employees that work on the app store than there are the Epic game store, but I still, I, to that point though, I do think that, uh, the 30% could be a little excessive. Yeah. I think the Epic game store, um, is also trying to lure more, uh, users and attract more customers. So a lot of it is, um, offering a free game every week, um, uh, which can't, um, really, I mean, it has to come at a loss for Epic, but it comes, you know, as it's attracting more users and maybe overall it would add up to profit um, for Epic. But basically from that, you can kind of extrapolate and see that Epic doesn't isn't really aiming for like maximizing profits when it's operating the game store. It's actually just trying to build out its base. Um, and one thing that it thinks is pretty user friendly is a lower uh, revenue cut. Hmm, hmm. I think, well, Shannon, I'm curious. Apple is a $2 trillion company. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't believe any other company has, has met that uh, valuation. Although I'm, I, I probably should uh, research that before I said that statement. No, you're right. Regardless. You're right. They, yeah, they, yeah. They, they, uh, they have achieved heights in terms of publicly traded companies. Hmm. Uh, to what extent you know, would their, uh, Apple's size be a hindrance when you know, presenting in front of uh, you know, Judge Yvonne Gonzalez Rogers. Right. Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, Epic Games can present itself as the underdog, and Apple is this tech giant, you know, this uh, Goliath, if you will. So um, that can definitely, you know, kind of build sympathy for Epic. But at the same time, like Jacob said earlier, you know, Epic is also a sizable company. If it was smaller, it probably wouldn't be able to take Apple on quite as well. Um, and also, Epic has hired like christine varney who used to serve in the antitrust division under the obama administration so clearly they have the big guns here as well um and but there is a lot of um kind of scrutiny on tech companies and there's a lot of antitrust scrutiny and 
obviously you've already seen Tim Cook, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos um, um, uh, testify in front of Congress. So there has been all of that um, criticism lobbed at them already. So this can't be um, that easy for Apple either. Uh, but that said, I mean, I think the judge has so far seemed kind of impartial and we just have to wait for how she kind of weighs in. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, going forward, it's, I think what's interesting here as well is that Epic isn't alone in this fight. I mean, a- apart from indie developers and other people who probably just don't like having to pay Apple a 30% fee, there are some larger companies that are on Epic's side here. That's right. Yeah, the Coalition of App Fairness, uh, or for App Fairness, formed pretty quickly after the uh, after those antitrust hearings last July, and then the subsequent Apple suit, uh, or sorry, uh, Epic suit against Apple uh, last August. Uh, Spotify, Basecamp, uh, Proton Mail, Match Group, which owns Tinder, OkCupid, and Match.com. There, there are definitely some uh, big guns in themselves in in the coalition for app fairness. Not as many small companies as I would anticipate. Um, so it's kind of like a, it, I do find it to be uh, that they box out a little bit of the the little guys. There are some smaller companies, but not not as many as I think have issues with Apple as a part of this initiative. Um, but yes, this is a multi pronged multi company attack on Apple's current practices. Yeah, there's like two things I want to add here. Like, so one thing is I've seen developers message Tim Sweeney on Twitter, kind of like replying to him and saying, oh, because you've rocked the boat with Apple, I don't know if I can work with you anymore. It makes things a little uncomfortable for me. I need to back out. So actually, you know, again, to that point of maybe the smaller developers don't want to rock the boat. Maybe they're a little bit more cautious to take on Apple. But at the same time, uh, if this trial, regardless of how this trial uh, pans out, it does kind of pave the way for other apps to take on Apple or other companies to challenge um, Apple and from an antitrust perspective and from the a DOJ um, looking into Apple. So it's not just a, a gaming issue per se, um, which Apple wants to define it as and saying like, you know, we have Nintendo Switch as well. We have all these other platforms, so we don't have a monopoly on iOS, but actually these other apps might just come in and say, we are going to look at you know, we, we want to challenge you in the app store um, and we're not in gaming. We're in different uh, industries. Yeah, it's kind mm. of the elevation of um, the last antitrust case that Apple faced in the U.S. was uh, Apple versus Pepper, which they essentially were trying to rebuke uh, the fact that there, there was a doctor doctrine in Illinois that basically said that consumers couldn't class action certain measures like certain companies for certain practices. And uh, the Supreme Court ruled really narrowly 5-4 in the favor of the consumer and said that, yes, consumers can class action a lawsuit Apple. I very much see this Epic versus Apple case as sort of the company-to-company, business-to-business version of Apple versus Pepper, right? It is like Apple versus Pepper is a really important, or now is a very important since it was ruled on, I believe, in 2019, really important sort of set up and precedent to for future legal cases. I see a lot of this case somewhat the same, not only for what will likely be one of the government bodies, whether it be uh, the Justice Department or who else will sue Apple, which is kind of the expectation because they uh, federal bodies have already sued uh, Facebook and Google in the past six months uh, after basically those very large uh, antitrust hearings. And it feels like Amazon and Apple are a matter of time until that happens to them. 
Um, but I feel like this is sort of the tee up for both other companies and governments, especially the U.S. government, to take Apple on as well with sort of the precedent that will be set in this case in a couple months. Hmm. I mean, to what extent do you feel that uh, the arguments from the hearings that took place last year will come back up in this suit? I mean, for example, when Apple will buy a competing company or kick a an app like Flux off the App Store and then you know implement a version of that feature into its own operating system? That's a good question. I, I don't know if how many like any competitive practices like that are particularly relevant to this case i think those are more like the the company uh acquisition or suppression aspect of things uh is probably a lot more relevant to congresses or whatever government body takes on apple's case than this one uh maybe i'm incorrect in that assumption but um because they're not necessarily it's not like they've created a Fortnite competitor, and that's the reason Fortnite's off the App Store. Mm-hmm. This centers around payment processes. But I mean, it is a shift, though, in Apple. What kind of all of this stems from is a shift a few years ago in Apple's desire to not only just own the hardware space, but also the software space, which you saw them launch a bunch of apps, Apple Arcade, a bunch of other things, uh, to iOS and to macOS. So yeah, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think that uh, those are a little bit more pertinent to the larger antitrust case that is bound to come for Apple. Yeah, I would hmm. I would concur. And yeah, I, I haven't heard um, ki- those kinds of arguments coming from either side, either Epic or Apple. But I would say that um, in relation to kind of like acquiring different companies, um, Epic has actually acquired a bunch of companies. Um, Epic owns House Party um which is that you know video party app that kind of took took off last year, um, and now there's an integration with Fortnite as well. And Epic has seen investment from Sony and Tencent, and it just acquired another company like this past week. So um, that goes back to the point of Epic being pretty a sizable company. Um, and I think a lot of people tuning in, especially if they aren't into gaming, might not have heard of all the different businesses that Epic actually owns. So it might come as a as a uh, pretty impressive surprise to them. And Shannon, I'll throw the last question out to you. Uh, Apple has essentially allowed for you know smaller developers to only have to deal with a 15% fee uh, as long as they're making under a million dollars. What do you make of that kind of switch? Right. So that's something that Apple will might be likely to bring up to say that you know 30% revenue cut that we take is not um as bad as it is like there are we're more generous with smaller developers but at the same time epic might retort and say that you know that's actually a red herring like 30% is not what they are really fighting for it's not about what percentage apple takes it's more about the fact that um you have to use the apps when you use the app store you have to use apple's in um in app payment process and there's no way around that as soon as you don't use it and you try to get consumers to you know uh do a loophole and and go around it that's when the app gets um pulled off the app store for violating the rules so that's going to be epic's key argument and they're going to try to walk around um any kind of mention of 15 percent or a lower cut of revenue yeah, and let me quickly add on to that. I mean, if Epic does win this suit, I mean, what does that mean for 
I guess, app stores moving forward? Depends on what they went on, actually. Uh, so they're they're championing for a few things. So they're championing for the reinstatement of Fortnite to the App Store with a I, I'm phrased it court approved, but more or less like the court outlining of how that would work, right? Like an in-app payment processor that is uh, Epic made, but you know, sort of bound by whatever the court says it has to follow regulation wise. Um, so they're they're championing for that. But they're also like in their initial complaint last August, they're they're also just blanket asking the court to uh, basically say that Apple's practices are unlawful and that they are anti-competitive. And if the court goes that far, which they don't have to, if the court goes that far, then uh, it I think to the earlier point that we both made, it opens up a very large door and vulnerability for Apple moving forward with other companies and with other governments. Yeah, I would say that Epic is mainly looking um, to open up the Apple's App Store. Um, and one thing that Tim Sweeney wrote in an email to Apple was asking to open an Apple Epic Game Store inside Apple's App Store, uh, kind of like itch.io inside an Epic Game Store, a store inside mm-hmm. a store. But um, that's not something that they're explicitly asking for anymore in the court case. However, if Apple were to open it up, then we might see the Epic Game Store inside their App Store. Well, with that, thank you so much for jumping on, Jacob and Shannon. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. And that was FTW with Ahmad Khan, part of the Dot Esports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and share. Your reviews will help our show grow. For full transcripts of the show, head on over to ftwamad.com. To follow Jacob, you can find him on Twitter at Jacob Wolf. To follow Shannon, you can find her at Shannon underscore Lau. That's L-I-A-O. To follow me and my work over at Tom's Guide, find me at Ahmad on Twitter. This episode was produced by Henrique Demore and Jacob Wolf. Executive producers are Kevin Morris and Thomas Tischio. With that, we'll catch you guys next week.